Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Good to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. A lot going on this week on the issues of faith, family, and freedom. I had one of my first work trips from uh, this week that one of the first trips I've taken in quite a while, and it was for a good reason. I'm going to talk to you more about that in just a minute. I had a meeting with President Trump yesterday. Very exciting. want to tell you a little bit about that meeting. There were some other people in the room, too. It wasn't just me and the president. But it was great to be a part of a roundtable discussion in Dallas yesterday. The president and a number of his members of his administration, many of them from the Texas area. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Some really big news coming out out of Austin City Council yesterday. We had a member of our team testifying on a very important pro-life issue. The city council, boy, you know, if, if you were just kind of an average person, so to speak, right, you just pick up the newspaper, you take care of your family, you go to work, you would think that the government is just so consumed with everything related to the coronavirus and with dealing with riots and safety and all that. Boy, they just, you know, that's where their focus is and they don't have time to do anything else because it's such an important issue that they wouldn't have time to do anything else. Oh, but they do. And and I'm going to give you two examples of things that the government has been doing while they've been trying to get you to pay attention to certain things. Oh, they got all this other time to really try to advance their agenda. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that later in the show if we have time because we got a great guest today and a really important and timely document and issue to talk about. Uh, if you listen to the show, we've been on for four years. One of our closest partners, particularly at the national level, is Family Research Council. And they've got a great document and a great resource out. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today because it's timely and it certainly has to do with the issues of faith and family that we deal with. David Clawson is going to be our guest today on the Texas Values Report. And he was on about two months ago talking about some of these issues, really a preview of some things Family Research Council has been doing as it relates to biblical worldview issues um, and, and related to how we can get people of faith more aware of what their rights are and talking about these issues. Um, I got to keep my voice down a little bit. I'm, I'm still kind of on this a little bit of a, I don't know if I call it a buzz or whatever, or a little bit of high energy level from my uh, uh, trip yesterday in Dallas. But I'll talk about that a little bit more and some things that the president had to say. But David Clawson is the director of Christian Ethics and Biblical Worldview for Family Research Council. Um, he researches and writes on life, human sexuality, religious liberty, and related issues from a biblical worldview. He is a PhD candidate in Christian ethics with a focus on public policy at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. He's been a guest on a lot of national media and talk shows, Fox News, National Review. He is a graduate of Southern Seminary, where he's got his Master's of Divinity in Christian Ministry in the University of Central Florida, where he got his BA. And he and his family live in D.C. and are members at Capitol Hill Baptist Church. David, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. Jonathan, it's so great to be back on the show with you. Thanks for having me. Well, we're glad you're back because you guys have been doing some important work, um, and we're glad to partner with you, or at least really support what you're doing. I can't, we certainly can't take any credit for this publication that y'all put together, even though we're part of supporting that and a part of this network of family policy councils. But I want to talk about that because Family Research Council has recently put out a resource outlining issues related to biblical principles and political engagement. And I'm going to talk a little bit about what the brochure talks about, uh, some of the questions 
that are pushed or talked about in this issue, this um, particular booklet and resource that y'all have? Do Christians have a moral and biblical obligation to participate in government? Is there a distinctively Christian way to engage in the political process? Do Christians have a duty to vote? And if so, what principles should inform them while casting their ballots? This is really fresh off the press, right? I mean, this is, y'all are just rolling out this important document. We are, Jonathan. We are just really excited to release. It's, it's completely revised and an expanded version of my biblical principles for political engagement. You know, we're, and we're releasing it, like you mentioned, in partnership uh, with 21 family policies across, councils across the country, including Texas uh, values. And for anyone that doesn't know, you know, a family policy council does at the state level much of what we do at FRC at the national level, which is shaping public debate and formulating public policy. So we're just really excited about this, and we're grateful uh, for the partnership with Texas Values to, to get this booklet out. Because um, we know now that, you know, the nation, it's rightly been focused on the coronavirus these last couple of months, but, for, you know, we're, we're now transitioning, focusing on the election. And we want pastors, we want Christians to be active participants in the conversations uh, that are taking place, and we want to approach these questions from a biblical worldview uh, so we're, we're excited about this, and we're grateful for the partnership. Well, you know, I mean, it is a very interesting time that we're going through. We're talking with David Clawson, who is the Director of Christian Ethics and Biblical Worldview for our friends at Family Research Council in D.C. I was at a meeting yesterday with President Trump, and it was at a church, Gateway Church in Dallas. And, you know, a, a big church, they have a lot of different campuses, a lot of kind of recognizable pastors or people that you've heard of um, were there. And, you know, there was a lot of focus on really the role that the freedom of religion plays. And we just, you know, and it's still going through this cycle, right, where where churches were asked to pull back or they didn't have certain rights. And really, I, we're hoping some of that attention allowed people to be reminded of and understand the foundational principles in the First Amendment. And the freedom of religion is one of that. And that freedom includes not only the, the ability but to some extent, the responsibility to talk about worldview issues uh, and for the church to be able to do that. I think for a long time, you've heard people when they talk about issues of human sexuality or pro-life or whatever the issue is, marriage, that, oh, these are political issues. No, these are biblical issues. They've always been biblical issues, but some church leaders or pastors are not always comfortable about how to talk about that. So I think this is a great resource that can give them some comfort on how they can discuss these issues. Yeah, I think that's well said, Jonathan. That really is the hope. And you just outlined, you just mentioned, you know, some of those issues. But you know, just take the issues that you mentioned: life, human sexuality, religious freedom. You know, these are issues that the Bible speaks clearly to. You know, I, I think unfortunately a lot of times pastors and uh, Bible-loving Christians, you know, here here you mention those issues and say, well, you know, those are political issues. And we don't want to get the church involved. But I would actually push back and say, no, first and foremost, uh, issues of human life, uh, the dignity of the unborn, religious freedom, these are moral issues. But even more than that, they are theological issues. And, you know, the Bible speaks to a whole host of issues. And there are some issues, like the ones that you just mentioned, where there's a clear, thus saith the Lord, uh, that you can point to chapter and verse where the Bible speaks to these issues. And so, you know, when I revised this whole booklet, you know, I really did have pastors on my mind, because it's not just enough to preach on issues as they come up in the text, which is obviously something you should do. 
Um, but it's not just enough uh, to admit that some issues are profoundly evil, but you don't provide any additional guidance. And so that, that's one of the things I argue for in this booklet, that, you know, you know pastors, we, we should be doing voter registration. We should be putting out voter guides. We're not telling people who to vote for, but we are telling people to vote uh, for biblical values um, on issues where the Bible speaks clearly to. And I, I think that is something we need to really encourage. You know, we, we never want to conflate the message of the church with any political agenda. Uh, but where the Bible is clear, uh, the church cannot be silent. Well, look, I mean, we look at some of the things that are going on in our country right now. We look at issues of race and uh, justice, um, a lot of talk about the civil rights movement. I mean, so many key moments where America has moved forward or America has grown and figured things out and done a better job of things. So many of those movements in those time periods have either started or been led by people of faith and have been churches have been key to that about putting America in a, in a position to understand each other and, and to grow. It's be it's people have faith that have been leading those things. And there's a segment here on page five where, uh, and, and I'm going to go through the whole paragraph, but it kind of summarizes it and it, and it kind of puts to forward a myth, right? In other words, because political engagement does not lead someone to someone to faith in Christ, it is not considered a top priority. Touching on the the myth or the the oftentimes the thought that Christians should exclusively focus on sharing the good news and discipling others in the faith because Jesus' final commandment was to make disciples. It goes on to say, however, upon closer examination of scripture, this objection fails to account for a broader perspective of perspective of politics, one that incorporates how people order their lives and affairs, and the reality that Christian the Christian worldview has much to say about civic responsibility. There's a great quote in here from Romans. The Bible teaches that governing authorities have been instituted by God. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, they have, and kind of I want to respond to the, what, what you just read. You know, that, that is something that I hear, and I, I want to be sensitive to pastors who are concerned about, you know, talking about things that might be inappropriate. But, you know, as, as Christians, Jonathan, we believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ has implications for all areas of life, including politics, including civic engagement. And, you know, whether we like it or not, as, as conservatives, you know, our government is so big and has its tentacles really in all areas of our life. And it's really difficult for me to honestly say that I care about my neighbor. I care about his well-being unless I am engaged in this world of government that affects our basic rights and our basic liberties. And so that's why, you know, especially as Christians, I think not only do we have a responsibility uh, or, excuse me, a privilege to, to vote, we have a responsibility and obligation because I believe voting is, and I talk about this in the booklet, but I believe voting is an exercise in delegating God-ordained authority. And, you know, in the kind of government that we have, where does power reside? It resides with the people in a representative democracy. So when you and I vote, we're, <clears throat> we're delegating our ruling authority to others. And so, again, I, one of the verses that I go to and people say, well, why should Christians care about government? Well, I say it's because we care about our neighbors. Uh, we, we love those we do life with. And, and I think that kind of broader focus helps us to realize that, again, uh, these issues are not just political, first and foremost. Uh, they're moral, biblical, and theological issues. Yeah, you can find this resource, too, at FRC's website. There is a, uh, um, a microsite or whatever, a direct link, frc.org forward slash engage. 
You, you know, it's interesting, the comment you made, David, about how we care about our neighbor and so on. I was at the Texas Capitol one day during our legislative session, and there was a particular legislator I think was, you know, beginning to get a little annoyed uh, with me spending time with him and, and pressing up on him our position on a particular, particular piece of legislation. And he knew that he was supposed to vote the right way and his constituents expected that. And I think he was a little annoyed that I was there reminding him of that, if you will. And he kind of frustratingly looked, turned to me and said, Jonathan, why do y'all care so much about this issue? You know, and just like, you know, I, I mean, almost, I guess, uh, with the suggestion that there was some other motive that wasn't pure or positive. And, and I said, look, we care about people. That, I mean, that's yeah. why I'm here. We care about our fellow man. And so, and I think that rings very true with, with what you were outlining and stating. All right. So, so the first seven or eight pages talk a little bit about the foundations and in the Bible of why we should engage on different issues. And and it really summarizes or ends with the point uh, of the Bible telling us we should be praying for our elected officials. And and I want to say that too, for the churches out there that, you know, think that this is just about trying to get someone to vote one way or another, or it's just about a presidential year. This should be something that's ongoing. It doesn't mean you've got to do it every day or every week at your Sunday service, but it should be a regular practice. And it's not a political issue um, for to have people of faith and, and church leaders simply pray for our government leaders. That That is a, you know, I mean, that's what, that's the foundation of what we do as Christians, right? We pray. And so we right. should be doing that for our elected officials uh, because it can have an impact and, and they do have an impact on other people's lives with the decisions they make. No, it really does, Jonathan. And, you know, um, people don't need to take your word or my word for it. That That's what the Apostle Paul said. First uh, Timothy two two he he says that you know we should be uh, making prayers and intercession for for kings and for all of those in authority. Why? So that we may live peaceable and quiet lives in godliness and holiness. And and so absolutely as Christians we we need to be praying for those who God has appointed. This gets back to Romans thirteen, which you you highlighted earlier. Government is a good thing. Government's not a bad thing. It's appointed by God. And as Christians we need to be engaged. And one of those ways is praying for those who God has appointed and put in places of authority. And one other verse that I would add to this, you know, and as we engage, how should we engage? Well, Ephesians 4 says that we should engage engage with in truth and love. And so as Christians, we want to be, you know, standing firm on our principles and on our convictions, but we also want to engage in a winsome way and a loving way that shows people we really do love them and care for them and believe that the convictions that we hold really are good for society and human flourishing. No, I agree. We're talking with David Clawson, Director of Christian Ethics and Biblical Worldview for Family Research Council, which is led by our good friend Tony Perkins. Hope Tony and his family are doing well. I'll be looking forward to to seeing him soon, hopefully at Value Voter Summit or whatever events that Family Research Council is putting together. This document that we're talking about, you can find at frc.org forward slash engage. And the title of the document is, and I'm going back to my link here, Biblical Principles for Political Engagement, Worldview Issues, and Voting. Uh, This is a long document, David. We're not going to go through every page of it during this segment, but people can check that link. It's about, uh, where are we at, 30 pages long. I want to skip to a couple of other sections. 
Because there's a great section in here, too, as we get uh, towards the middle, right? And and it says, should Christians vote? (laughs) And so, Mm -hmm. I I mean, and and it really hits the nail on the head of where a lot of people are. Some, there are a lot of Christians that have just turned their back on the whole process and just think it's, you know, for whatever reason, you know, it's not worth it. You know, Jesus is coming soon and I'm going to go to church. and, And I'm not picking on people for the mindset of, you know, we should be focused primarily on our faith in, in, in Christ. And it's not, you know, so much about politics, but you can do both. I mean, you can be preparing your heart and your individual life and your family for Jesus' return, if you will. But that doesn't mean that you can't also go vote and that there's value to what's going on right now in our communities, in our country. And so there's one segment where y'all talk about that, really the importance of Christians voting. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, no, that's a, a really good point. You know, as Christians, I think, you know, we have the category kind of in our vocabulary of stewardship. And, you know, as Christians, we know that we are called uh, to steward everything that God gives us uh, for His glory and for others' good, whether that's our family, that's our resources, that's our work. Um, but one of those things, because I, like I said earlier, you know, the gospel has implications for all areas of life. One of the things as Christians that we do need to take seriously is stewarding our the privilege and the responsibility we have uh, to vote. Because, again, thinking about Romans 13, when we vote, what are we doing? We are handing over, we are delegating, uh, you could say, the sword of justice um, to someone else to wield, to exercise on our behalf. And so I think as Christians, we need to realize, again, that government is a good thing. It is ordained by God. And because we have the blessing to live in the country that we live in, you know, where does the power reside? It resides ultimately with the people. We're part of the government in that sense. And so when we vote, um, we are uh, delegating that authority. And so, again, as Christians, that's why I think we have that responsibility. But then later on in the booklet, I say not only should we vote, our vote needs to be informed by biblical values. And, that, and that's where I ask the question, you know, where, you know, the Bible speaks to so many issues, uh, but where is the Bible most clear? And um, I think, obviously, human life, religious liberty, the um, Bible speaks to race, the Bible speaks to economics. Uh, but we have to kind of do some political triage there. Where does the Bible speak clearly and allow that to influence how we engage and how we ultimately vote and advocate? Well, I like this reference y'all here have, too, to the Federalist Papers, Federalist Paper 22 on page 11. In a constitutional republic, and I'm reading directly from the document, this is FRC's document on biblical principles for political engagement, frc.org forward slash engage is the link. In a constitutional republic like the United States, the locus of power is the citizenry. The government derives its authority from the people. As Alexander Hamilton explained in Federalist Paper 22, the consent of the people is the pure original fountain of all legitimate authority. And part of the reason I read that, David, is because the Federalist Papers are sitting on my nightstand uh, in my bedroom. And uh, and so, and that just, you know, it, it's sort of coincidence, but I've been wanting to read back at them lately because they've been stuck on my bookshelf for a while. And there's a really important time that we're going through right now. And it's important for people to be reminded kind of where we've come from as a country, some foundational principles, but where we came up with these ideas. And it is about the citizenry. I mean, people have to engage. I mean, um, you know, I hear this phrase sometimes, right? Government belongs to those who show up. 
um, you get the government you vote for. And so if you're not participating, then you're really not having a role of the world that you live in. Yeah, no, that's very true. And kind of in that same paragraph you were reading, you know, I, I go on to say, you know, unlike billions of people around the world, Americans through the ballot box control their political future. And so, you know, we just have to take a step back and think, and I think we're just so used to the, the freedoms that we enjoy in this country. Uh, but to realize that's not enjoyed by the vast majority of people in this world. I'm thinking of the billion people who live in China who don't have the, the freedom of religion that we uh, take for granted here. And so, again, if we really love our neighbors, uh, we care about our friends, we're going to engage in this area of government and politics that uh, just fundamentally shapes our freedoms and our liberties. So again, again, as a Christian, I want to argue first and foremost from the Bible, but I do think that there are theological grounds uh, for Christians to be uh, intimately involved in all the things that you and I are talking about. Well, and we've just got a few minutes left. I want to go just hit a couple of other high points on here. Another important section as we get halfway through the document, and it's bolded, pastors should help educate and equip their members to think biblically about political issues, candidates, and party platforms. We're kind of getting now into what are some of the legal rights of churches, and some churches don't want to go that far. Pastors don't want to go that far. Uh, you know, I firmly believe if churches would just stand up, you know, the two weeks leading up to some main election days on the primary and the general elections and say, there's an election going on, you should go vote and vote your values, it'd make a tremendous impact. But if we can get people to go a little bit further and educate them about the issues, and about the candidates, churches can do that. They can invite all the candidates and let them talk about uh, what their views are. They can they can talk about the differences in party platforms. There's a lot of freedom there for pastors. Uh, that's my understanding, David. You're right, Jonathan. And one of the things I do point out in this is, you know, the Christ, like I said, Christians should never conflate the message of the church with that of the of a political party. You know, as the church, our message is the gospel, uh, which is the message that sinful people can be reconciled to a holy God. But I really do believe that pastors have a shepherding responsibility to make sure that their folks, uh, the people that are under their ministry, um, are aware or, or knowledgeable or informed. Because let, let's let's be real here. Let, let's be real specific. You know, if the pastors are not speaking into these moral issues, you know, people will take their cues elsewhere. And where will they get it? They'll get it from the media. They'll get it from the culture. They'll get it from the entertainment figures. And, you know, those people are not speaking to these issues from a, a perspective that's informed by biblical truth. And so, again, I, I understand the, where the, ten, the hesitancy comes from from pastors uh, on, you know, I don't want to be too political. But, you know, again, you don't have to endorse a candidate in your personal capacity. You don't, you don't have to do any of that. You just need to speak clearly to the issues uh, that we are facing as a country, and you have every right to do that. And I would argue a responsibility as part of your shepherding uh, responsibilities to your people just to make sure your people are informed and encouraged to vote their values. Well, it helps to have a resource like y'all put together. I'm t we're talking with Family Research Council Director of Christian Ethics and Biblical Worldview, David Clawson. They've just put out a great resource, Biblical Principles for Political Engagement. Go to frc.org forward slash engage. David, let's talk about one section, and this is a very important section in our last little bit of time. We got about 45 seconds here. What issues are most clear from Scripture? You cover abortion, 
in marriage and sexuality with numerous biblical references. So I want people to go check that out. Of course, the life issue, the unborn is covered in there as well with a lot of references to court cases. Poverty and race is covered as far as biblical principles that touch on these issues. Uh, Boy, you did some great work here on going very deep and finding these court cases, but also those tremendous biblical references so people know there's that connection when we talk about these issues. And that's right. I think, you know, the court cases, the legal and philosophical arguments, those are all important. But as Christians, we are first and foremost tethered to God's Word. And so that's why if anyone reads this resource, uh, they will see chapter and verse references all throughout to these verses. And again, that's part of my hope uh, that people are engaging from the perspective of a biblical worldview. Well, and look, if people want copies of this resource, we're about to get them in the mail. All right, if you want a hard copy, come to our office for Texas Values, 900 Congress, downtown, close to the Capitol. Uh, Maybe we can mail some to you as well. You can see the work we're doing at txvalues.org. But David Clawson today, the Director of Christian Ethics and Biblical Worldview, has been our guest on the Texas Values Report. Thank you, David. Thanks so much, Jonathan. Well, it's great to have David on. Great to continue our friendship and relationship with Tony Perkins and Family Research Council. We're about out of time. Um, We put out a press release. We'll try to put it up as a blog post. Great meeting we had with President Trump. There's probably about 200 people there yesterday, but really in close quarters, a roundtable to talk about issues of economics, health care, justice, and others, but also how important the church is and really central to us doing things right in America. And great to see the emphasis that President Trump had on that. Numerous people from the Texas area that care about these issues were at this meeting. I was very blessed to be invited by the White House to attend that meeting, one of the first meetings I've been able to get out for, if you will, uh, lately. And so thankful for that, but really a lot of good information and a lot of encouragement a lot of encouragement about how we can work together, how we can be united and, and do what we do best. And that's what I want, to, want you to see value in what we do too at Texas Values. The end of June is the end of our fiscal year. We need your financial support. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We now have a team of 12 people working with us. We've got great people like Ruth, our intern who's in the studio with us today. We're helping give them a good education on our work to be the next generation of leaders. Go to txvalues.org. Make a tax-deductible donation today so we can protect faith, family, and freedom in Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.